0: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your guide to news in and around Chicago. With a statewide election just over two months away, candidates are in full-on campaign mode. You've probably been hearing a lot of this.
1: Guess who's really paying for Darren Bailey's campaign for governor? You are. Yes, you are.
0: Thanks to Governor Pritzker, the lawlessness of Chicago will soon be the law statewide. On the issue of abortion, the Republican nominee for governor, Darren Bailey, has made his extreme views clear. Or maybe you've heard a candidate refer to a certain city as a quote hellhole. And yesterday, Mayor Lightfoot accused a conservative pack of darkening her skin in an ad about Chicago crime. So what's behind these messages? Here to dissect is political strategist Delmarie Cobb and Constance Mixon, professor of political science and director of the Urban Studies Program at Elmhurst University. Let's start with a recent TV ad made by a group called People Who Play by the Rules. Delmarie, for people who haven't seen it, describe this ad. What happens?
2: Well, the opening scene is uh, Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot talking about uh, the joy of Chicago and summer and you see her looking ominous, and clearly her skin has been darkened. And uh, But that's typical in a lot of these commercials, that they don't try to make you look attractive.
0: Who's behind this group that, that paid for the ad?
2: Well, it's a, a conservative uh, Republican uh, group um, run by Dan Proft. And Dan has been out here a long time. Uh, He and I have sat on many panels together, and uh, he was a talk show host at one time as well. So he's behind uh, the ads, and of course, they deny having uh, doctored the ad, but clearly the ad has been doctored.
0: Yeah, right. You you said clearly it's been doctored. Uh, Her skin appears to look darker. I've seen it myself, and there's no question in my mind that she does look darker in this ad. but. As you said, radio host Dan Proft, who's the leader of this pack, he says that her association is, quote, insane, and that uh, he pulled the image from a city club speech that she gave. Give us more on your thoughts of of his response.
2: Well, first of all, we saw the two photos next to each other, one the actual photo of her being at the city club, uh, and then the one that they produced, and it's day and night. And it's meant to be day and night. Um, the The thinking behind it is that you know you want to make anyone who's black who you're running against uh, look ominous and scary and the boogeyman, and and those are the things that. Happened to us as black people all the time. This is not the first time we've seen this. Um, We saw this when uh, George H.W. Bush ran against Michael Dukakis in the Willie Horton ads. Mm -hmm. We saw it when um, O.J. Simpson fell out of favor when white people were no longer, uh, he was no longer the acceptable black man. We saw it when Tiger Woods got in trouble uh, for his sexual proclivities. Uh, So we have seen this before.
0: Yeah, we've seen it happen to former President Barack Obama as well, other black public figures, as you mentioned. Uh, Professor Mixon, let's bring you in here. Their skin, you know, being darkened in these negative ads. What would the group gain by darkening Lori Lightfoot's skin on purpose?
1: Well, as has already been mentioned, there are numerous, you know, recent examples of Republican candidates or their supporting PACs manipulating the images of their opponents. In addition to 2008 with President Obama, we saw it in 2020. Senator Lindsey Graham ran ads um, with a digitally altered image of his opponent Jamie Harrison with a darker skin tone, and in 2021 in Georgia. Republican Kelly Loeffler ran ads that darkened Senator Raphael Warnock's skin color. And what we know is that race has been a defining issue in American politics since before our country formally came into existence, from constitutional arguments over voting rights to conflicts over crime and policing, race is Frequently at the center of American politics, and it can be used as, as a weapon in political campaigns. And, you know, we do have social science research that that finds that darker skin complexion is linked to negative stereotypes and adverse real-world outcomes. And political scientists have begun to build on this research, through political ads, and there was actually a series of studies conducted early in the 2008 campaign. Mm-hmm. And it, it found that viewing political advertisements with darker images of Obama negatively impacted respondents' preference for Obama as a presidential candidate, and importantly to the conversation we're having. Yeah. Politi- yeah. Political converse- um, Political scientists have also found that Darker images are used most frequently, most frequently in negative ads, especially those linking the opponent to crime, as is the case in the ad against Governor Pritzker that features Mayor Lightfoot with a darker skin tone.
0: The mayor's also been critical of another political message. That's Republican gubernatorial candidate Darren Bailey's description of Chicago as a, quote, hellhole Delmarie, he said that in a debate back in June. Are you surprised that he repeated it again, those exact words, last week? Well, you're running for
2: governor of the state. And so if you're running for governor of the state, you don't, uh, uh, with a wide brush, make everyone in the city of Chicago, which is the largest city in the state, which is the economic generator of the state, whether you like it or not. What are we doing here? I know. You don't piss off all those people who live in Chicago. And he said yesterday uh, in an interview, he used the word, um, the, he said it was the Wild, Wild West. So every description of uh, Chicago so far has been negative. So he clearly isn't running for uh, the governor t- of the people to represent the people of Chicago.
0: What do you think, Professor? What's, what's the strategy, if there is one, behind <laughs> <If> there, in, <laughs> behind name-calling the largest city in the state that you're running to be governor of?
1: Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. Politics is about addition, not subtraction. Candidates should try to appeal to the broadest base possible. And you know, a- any political advisor with their salt would tell their candidate they can't insult 20% of their potential voters. Right. <laughs> and, you know, Bailey's always had a gripe against Chicago. Yeah, he sponsored a resolution calling for Chicago to become the 51st state. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the resolution falsely claimed that, you know, Chicago is often bailed out by taxpayers in the rest of the state. The reality is that Chicago taxpayers help the rest of the state. The rest of the state wouldn't have schools, police, fire, roads, bridges, infrastructure exactly. without Chicago.
0: Is uh, is his strategy playing well in the suburbs, though, and, and rural areas of Illinois?
1: You, it may play well with rural areas, but I'm not entirely sure that it plays well in the suburbs. And you know, particularly with a candidate like Bailey, um, who on social issues, abortion, guns, he's going to need the votes of you know of suburban voters and particularly suburban women to to win. And this doesn't play well at all with them.
0: What are your thoughts, Del Marie, on this "us versus them" strategy? Right, you know, pitting city versus the rest of the state. Like, have we seen this before in other campaigns?
2: Oh, we have um Browner did it to a degree as well, and so um Bailey is just doing it to another extreme, and he's on a kamikaze mission because there is absolutely no way he can think he can win without uh appealing to people in Chicago and the, and and the suburbs surrounding Chicago the Chicago land area so the fact that he's not even trying is just it makes no sense obviously all he wants to do is just have a platform to espouse his extreme ideas and not really
0: win yeah professor let's get your thoughts on how the rhetoric in this campaign compares to previous elections
1: you know i it by by the nineteen sixties, political ad makers began to embrace fear, and the use of this tactic has grown, and we're we're seeing it certainly here in Illinois. And it seems as if political candidates are competing to see who can, you know, out-terrify their constituents. With with Bailey, you know, having trouble with social issues, particularly in the Chicago metropolitan region. It's, it's natural to go to this, you know, Republican playbook of fear and dog whistles. It's it's worked well for Republicans, from Nixon's law and order, Southern strategy, to Reagan's welfare queen, to, as um, Delmarie mentioned, the Willie Horton ads, to Trump's Mexican rapist. Um, the These recent ads, particularly from the PAC that's supporting Darren Bailey, you know, it's right out of that that Republican playbook.
0: I also want to hear from you both on a a strategy that we're seeing nationally as well as here in Illinois. That's Democrats funding campaign ads for extremist candidates. Uh, J.B. Pritzker contributed $24 million to a Democratic governor's group that then spent millions on ads encouraging Republicans to vote for Darren Bailey. What do you think of that strategy, Delmarie?
2: Well, the Democrats have been doing that before. Uh, this is not the first time, but I think it's the first time they've done it with as such a concerted effort.
0: I'm seeing a theme here. Right. Old is new again.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. And um, and so they're picking the candidate. And now you have so many extreme candidates, and I think that's one reason they can do it. Uh, before, you didn't have these kinds of extremists uh people running for office and so they've looked and targeted those people and said you know what there's no way they can win in this state whatever respective state they're in and uh or district or whatever and so those are the people they're helping to to elevate so that they become the nominee because they think they're going to be the better candidate for them to beat to
0: beat yeah do these kinds of ads uh, professor mixon do they contribute to election confusion misinformation and and ultimately lead to voter apathy?
1: Oh, I think so. And Democratic groups that are trying to elevate extremist Republican candidates um, are really taking a a big gamble. It's the proverbial be careful what you ask for. You know, it's an open secret that in 2016, the Hillary Clinton campaign was actively rooting for Trump to be the Republican nominee. And, you know, we all know how that turned out. And, you know, these efforts to promote candidates who amplify conspiracy theories about the 2020 election, they damage damage our democracy. And it leads to even more voter distrust and apathy and anger Mm -hmm. about politics. And in a country that's already so polarized, giving voice to these candidates, even if Democrats don't think they can win. This is, you know, it's a bad idea, Mm -hmm. both politically and morally.
0: Doing a lot of damage in the meantime. Are we going to see more of these ads, you think, Delmarie? Well, we're certainly going to see more if they're successful.
2: <laughs> and so it be, it will become a formula. Which,
0: which in itself blows my
2: mind. Exactly. Why are they successful?
0: <laughs> right. Um, J.B. Pritzker also just gave another $5.5 million to the state Democrat uh, Democratic Party. Professor Mixon, are you concerned about the influence that Pritzker and his money have on the state's Democrats?
1: Well, you know, unlike the more traditional political machine of Mike Madigan's. Pritzker's is certainly a money machine, and he has fully cemented his power on the Democratic Party in Illinois, and he's the largest party donor in the state, and he has a huge campaign war chest of his own. Illinois Democrats benefit from his money, and this results in a great deal of loyalty and just as I worry about, you know, the old traditional political machines, uh-huh. I, I am concerned about, you know, these new money machines that we're seeing.
0: I'll give you the last word, Delmarie. No, I agree
2: 100 percent. And that's why you saw uh, Pritzker and it was a, the Clash of the Titans, uh, Pritzker and Durbin, actually, um, and, and uh, Pritzker Wrestling control of the Democratic Party away from Durbin so that he could have full control of the party.
0: That is political strategist Delmarie Cobb and Constance Mixon of Elmhurst University. Thank you both. Thank Thank you. you. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrea Guffman and mixed by Ethan Schwab. Be sure to subscribe to Reset wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating and review. It helps other people find us. While you're at it, you might want to check out one of our recent episodes, like our conversation about the change in dating habits and how to identify the green flags that you should look out for in a romantic relationship. Sometimes you think you're going to know what the lid to your pot actually looks like, but usually love will come to you in a totally unexpected package. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Back with more tomorrow.